Sports Radio welcomes you to the Lion's Den with your hosts, Michael Heiger and Louis Bellotta. That is right, Lions fans. You are listening to the Lions Den here on Impact Sports. I'm Michael Heiger. Here with me every week is my co-host, Louis Bellotta. What's going on? Louis, how are you doing today? I'm doing dandy. Uh, me too. This weather outside is beautiful. Oh, Feels so like beautiful. Uh, football weather out there. I'm loving it, so... Uh, I'm excited to talk some football today. How about yourself? Oh, I'm stoked. Let's go. All right. Well, let's go right into it with some news, some uh, news from this week with the Lions. They did sign a cornerback, um, Cassius Vaughn, to a one-year contract. What do you think about that? I like it. Uh, I like it. I think he has the potential to be the next Alfonso Smith. Ah, yeah. I I do remember Alfonso Smith. He was one of Um, my more favorite defensive backs that's played since Dre Bly. Okay. (laughs) I wasn't a huge Alfonso Smith fan, but oh, I like uh, him. in case you're not familiar with Vaughn, just some uh, stats on him. He was with the Colts for the last two seasons, played in all 16 games both seasons, started four games last year, but still was able to force two fumbles, pick off three balls as a cornerback for the Colts. I I I kind of like this signing. I like it. Mm-hmm. I it's like a pretty it. quiet signing. Not a lot of people are talking about it, but what fans don't realize is he forced more interceptions than any other cornerback on this entire Lions roster. And I think that's something more than anything that this Lions defense was missing last year was the ability to force turnovers. Yeah, definitely. Mm -hmm. DeAndre Levy led the team with six interceptions, but after that, there's a huge drop-off in turnovers. Here's somebody who can go out there, get you an interception. Is he the best corner? Is he going to be an impact cornerback? No. No. But... He's going to be I, a solid rotational guy mm-hmm. that's played on good on two good football teams. He played for the Broncos. They drafted him in. Yeah. And then he played two years with the Colts. Both winning organizations. He's been in the playoffs. You know, he's been in winning atmospheres. And that's the, that's the theme this year that the Lions have gone with in free agency. They're signing people that come from winning teams and know what it feels like. Absolutely. They definitely want to put together a team that knows how to win. Yeah. A team that has done it before because a lot of the guys on the Lions roster, they've been there a while. They don't know how to win. Some of them, they've been to the playoffs once and got bounced in the first round. This is a guy, he's only 26 years old. He's already been to the playoffs a couple of seasons. I think that this might wind up being... This this will wind up paying off some dividends for the Lions. I really think so. I think so, too. He's going to be maybe... A slight improvement over Rasheen Mathis. Mm-hmm. Do you think this could have any impact on the draft coming up? I do. I don't think they're going to draft one. I, this is they already. Yeah, they're not signing. They're not drafting a cornerback first round. You don't think so anymore? No, I think this is the sign that they're not doing that. Yeah, you know, looking at it, they really haven't been talking about the cornerback position much during the offseason. They've really quietly gone about their business there now with signing Vaughn, but they do have a lot of depth at that position. Me and my roommate have gotten into a few arguments this year. Uh, I've been telling him the Lions need a cornerback, and he goes back and forth with me about them needing depth, but he does have a good point. They have Bill Bentley, uh, Jonte Green, some younger guys, Chris Greenwood, who have the ability to have the potential to come up and actually be some decent NFL cornerbacks. They have the potential. Definitely, We've I've watched at least Jonte Green, I know, for the last couple of seasons, walk on the field and just get burned. Yeah. like, And I don't know if that's totally his fault. I think that had to do with the coaching staff as well as him not being prepared and just a bad mixture. But... I mean, I would get. I didn't think any of those guys were good, but I will give them the benefit of the doubt, and I'll give them this season to try to prove themselves under a guy who knows how to court, coach defensive backs. I agree. Um, they did 
they did purpose. I think they purposely brought in a defensive coordinator that has worked with uh, cornerbacks before. Yeah. Of course, Terrell Austin, who was the defensive backs coach with Baltimore in the previous season. So I think it's something to look forward to. Uh, the secondary. I don't know if I would necessarily call it an improvement from last year. You did lose Dalmas, and you replaced him with a Hegdebo at strong safety. And besides that, you the only cornerback you really lost this offseason was Rasheen Mathis. So, and you basically replaced him with another Rasheen Mathis. He just doesn't have exactly. long hair. Mm-hmm. And I think Rasheen Mathis is still out there. He is. He is. And that's somebody the Lions could look at and say, here's a veteran cornerback who's pl- played in the league for... A few years now, who can actually come back in here? Did he was pretty productive for the Lions last year? He started almost every game. Yeah, he didn't set the world on fire or anything. But he, as you said, he started every game, and he was their most potent threat out there alongside with like Glover Quinn. Mm -hmm. What I want to look at from this Lions secondary is consistency. Yeah, and I haven't seen a lot of it lately, and that comes a lot with some of those younger guys that are in that secondary. They're not going to go out there every single play and shut down a wide receiver, Bill Bent. A Bill Bentley or Darius Slay, they're not going to be able to do that for you. Chris Houston, he's a productive cornerback, but I don't... Am I comfortable with this Lions secondary right now? No. No. I I won't sugarcoat it. They're like an itchy Christmas sweater. It'll keep they you are. warm, but mm-hmm. it won't keep you comfortable. I don't think that the Lions need a much better secondary, though, to win games. No, you need a pass rush. Yes, you do. And that's something else that we're going to touch on later on in the show today. But uh, next I wanted to talk a little bit about Indomitian Zoo. Uh, the saga continues. It seems like it's been an off-season of ups and downs and news from here and news from there. And now the latest news from Indomitian Zoo is he did not attend um, off-season workouts. No word from him. It's, it's starting to become a little scary, isn't it? Not signing a contract, not restructuring his co- contract this offseason, now not attending offseason workouts. It seems like they've had very little communication with the team. What do you what do you make of this? It's hard to say what I want to make of it and what you can make of it. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, this team has said he didn't even come to them last year. He didn't come to them, the, the, you know, the year before. I think people are making a big deal out of this now just because of the contract situation that he's in. Like they want, they're finding things to complain about. Whereas nobody complained about him not going last year, right? And I mean, yeah, he's just doing what he's always done, and there wasn't really anything wrong with that before because they are voluntary. At the same time, you're a captain. This is a new coach. You're trying to make people like you, and you're not and just being just you're just going ghost and not going mm-hmm. to these workouts and not talking to anybody, not doing anything. It doesn't set a good example, and I. Granted, he can do what he wants. You know, he's a, he's a man, but I think he should also realize that he should probably show up a little bit, just because it's the right thing to do. Captains should show up no matter what, because you're a captain. He's not showing. He's not representing his duties very well. I don't think he is either. I think that C on your chest makes you means that you are the leader of that defense, and he hasn't shown it at all. What has he done to show that he's a captain? Not much. Nothing. He's the best player on that defense. Does that mean he's the best leader on that defense? I don't think so. If I were if I were Jim Caldwell, I'd rip that C right off of Adnamakin Sue's chest and uh, put it on Steven Tolitz or somebody else who's been on that defense for a while, Chris Houston. I don't think that Adnamakin Sue is worthy of that captain of that captaincy. And 
it was interesting to me. Caldwell had some comments about Indomitian Sue that I found pretty interesting. He said it doesn't. It certainly didn't blindside me that um, he was a, that he wasn't attending. We certainly knew he and I have probably had more discussions than any player that we've had on this team. He's been in and out. I think he was here on a couple days when I came on a visit, so we kind of knew exactly what he was going on. So it doesn't seem like they were too surprised yeah. that Indomitian Sue wasn't going to be attending. He's somebody that likes to go about his own business. But then Caldwell continued, and he said, but from a coach's standpoint, it's just like anything else. My business is to get in the position to win and win consistently. So we want every single minute of every single hour with every single player. That's the way we want it. The rules don't always lend to that type of attitude, but nevertheless, that's the way it is. Caldwell said right there, we want every single hour with every single player. And that can't be the way it is. But it seems like Indomitian Sue is one of those he's one of the very few players that didn't attend these workouts yeah. and as a new coach when you have a defensive captain one of the best defensive tackles in the NFL and you haven't worked with him before of course you want him to attend off-season workouts and i think it's sue being selfish he does like to go about his own business and that's the way he is but then don't be a captain don't be a leader on this defense if you don't think that you can show up and be a be a good moral setter for your team you know yeah and the other thing is that one thing that like good teams have is chemistry and you're not helping with the chemistry of the team either like you're going to be the vocal point come the season everyone's <laughs> all eyes on you you're going to be making the plays and stuff but you want people to also like you want to feel that camaraderie all together and he's not going to even build the camaraderie without even being there and it's just it's not a good situation i don't he's just not ugh, i don't know i don't like him now i just don't think he's a great guy i don't think he's a great player you know yeah you see him in an interview and he seems really nice and soft-spoken and very humble and all that stuff but like you know you can be you know you can be to yourself and not come around and don't want any attention and i feel like the attention has a lot to do with it i think he wants to work out and not have cameras shoved in his face and media being like why aren't you here what are you doing what are your contracts oh my gosh, oh my gosh, oh my gosh. and like i know he doesn't want that and i feel like that has something to play with it but you know what you're in the nfl this is what comes along with it. Suck it up and go to practice. Mm-hmm. I, I, I think somebody needs to light a fire under him to like get his head out of wherever it is. And so he can realize that this is a team. This is, uh, yes, they're voluntary workouts, but I, I, I like to think of them as voluntarily mandatory. Exactly. And mm-hmm. that's exactly what it is, especially with a new coach. And they get, what do they get? Two extra weeks to practice because he's new. Why would you not take advantage of that? I, it, it's some, it's a great opportunity for the team to have those extra two weeks to be able to build that chemistry with Caldwell, and I don't see how a captain is going to be able to build that without attending these workouts. Yes, he's going to be going to training camp, and he's met with Caldwell before, obviously. And Caldwell's and they have, according to Caldwell, they do have a relationship already. But I think somebody needs to light a fire under Sue. At, just like they did with Nick Fairley. They didn't pick up his option for next year. And then the general and, manager himself said, you need to work out. Yes. And, and guess, he's there. He is there. Right. He is there, and he's in the best shape of his life right now, the best shape of his career. I think the, Li- the Lions need to do something with Sue. I don't know what it is that's go- that they're going to be able to send a message to him, but maybe they just need to trade him. I think they just need to get rid of him. I've been saying it for a while, the last mm-hmm. couple of months. I think you just need to get rid of him. He's that. It's just not going to help your team. Yeah, I I agree. I would much rather have them just get rid of the dead weight now. I wouldn't call them dead weight necessarily, but get rid of the get rid of the cancers to the team yep. right now. No, I mean if you're turning over a new leaf with a new coaching staff, you might as well change it with the players too. Absolutely. And with that, I think 
we, I want to get a little bit into the draft. Yes. The NFL draft. Yes. It's one of my favorite, it's my favorite part of the NFL offseason. And I kind of even enjoy some, a li- enjoy it a little more than the NFL regular season as well. Uh, just so much going into it. I'm a mock draft junkie. And the latest news coming out of Detroit Lions camp, which I love, I know you hate, uh, they have be- started a little bit of a public love interest with wide receiver Sammy Watkins out of Clemson. Top wide receiver in the draft, best hands in the draft, one of the top prospects overall, kind of probably go in the top five. And a lot of people are saying that the Lions are very interested in trading up for him. He just came into the Lions facilities this past week, met with Calvin Johnson, Golden Tate, Jim Caldwell, Joe Lombardi. What do you think of this? What do you make of this? A few things. One, no. Absolutely not. You cannot trade up to draft him. If he miracle falls to you, of course you draft him. You do not trade up to draft him. And here is why. I'm jumping right into it. We all remember the Atlanta Falcons. 2011, they drafted up to get Julio Jones. They were on that cusp of being a playoff team. They got bounced from the playoffs, and they're like, we need that one big play ability. So they traded. Here's what they traded. They traded a first, a second, and fourth round picks in the 2011 draft. And then they traded a first and a fourth round pick in the 2011 draft just to get Julio Jones. Granted, did he help out their team immediately? Yes. Mm-hmm. Where are they picking this year? They're not. Well, they're picking... They're picking seventh? Mm-hmm. Yes, they're picking seventh. They're in the top... 10. Granted, some of that had to do with injuries. At that same time, they lost another first-round pick that could have helped out their defense. Their defense wasn't great when they drafted him in 2011. Their defense was, so to say, kind of like the Lions. They had John Abraham, they had some good flamethrowers, but they didn't have any cover guys. And they're like, you know what? We got Matt Ryan. We got Roddy White. We just got Tony Gonzalez. We got the Turner Burner. Let's go and get another wide out, and let's just, we're just offense all day, and we're going to win something. Did they? No. No. They made it to the playoffs and got bounced first round. The next two years, didn't even make it this year. Same thing with the Washington Redskins. What did they do? They traded up to get RG3. They traded um, 2012. They traded the St. Louis Rams for their second round pick. Do you know how much they gave up for him? They gave up so many first round picks. They gave up the first round pick that year, and they gave up the first round pick the next year. Yeah. Where are they drafting? Well, they're they not. Would have, they would have had the number two pick in the exactly. draft. Exactly, and we're what was their record? Three and thirteen. Mm-hmm. Yeah, do, are you seeing a trend here? I Teams do. that are drafting up for a mega offensive player out of college, and then just three, two to three years later, after that, they're picking in the top ten of the draft. Here. One team, Atlanta was ready for this guy. They just needed that one guy to just plug the hole, and they, then they'd be great. Didn't work out. The Redskins just needed a quarterback, and they may have paid a little too much for RG3. And, I mean, those are just two examples of recent. Now, there could be stuff in, like, the 90s and the 80s where people drafted up and it worked out well. But at that same time, that was a different league. And you need defense to win. And if you're going to trade up to get Sammy Watkins at 2 you're going to lose a second-round pick, a third-round pick from this year's draft. And this is a deep draft. And you need to draft defensive players, playmakers, because the Lions don't really have them. The playmakers they have are good, but they're getting old and they have no depth. And you need somebody else on that team. And, I mean, if this was not a deep draft and you could kind of just throw away your second- and third-round picks, which is never even an option really to think about, I'd say, yeah, kind of go for it. 
but no, I'm not for it. I think it's a waste, and I just don't like it. See, now here's where I'm going to disagree with you, and where I think the Lions are in a little bit of a different situation than both the Falcons and the uh, and the Redskins when they moved up. I'll start with the Redskins, because I think that one's a little more of a different situation. They wound up moving up for a quarterback. He The Heisman, the Heisman winning quarterback out of Baylor, RG3, they thought that he was going to be that one player to take them to the playoffs. Did he get them there? Yeah. But who else did they really have to help out RG3? They didn't have an offensive line behind him, in front of him, to block for him. They didn't have a defense to shut down other teams. They built they they plan on building their team around RG3. That was their plan from the get-go. Of course they were going to give up all of those picks to move up for RG3. Do I think that was an awful move by the Redskins? Absolutely. I think now their franchise is in a little bit of shambles. They don't have a, they don't have a defense or an offensive line right now, and they don't have draft picks to build that depth. So I think the Redskins are one situation that I think they're in a lot of trouble. The Falcons, on the other hand, they had a lot of injuries last year. They did. Mm-hmm. A lot of injuries. But injury. at the same time, their defense never got better. They never got a chance to get that guy that they could groom and, and just build up during the draft because they got rid of their first-round picks. They did get rid of their first-round picks, but I think, imagine that team without Julio Jones, you know? I mean, I, I, I okay, I can. You can just minus Julio well, Jones I, I, and see I what happened, but at the same time... They could have got somebody else. And when when you're drafting Sammy Watkins, you're not surrounding him with Roddy White and Tony Gonzalez. You're surrounding him with Calvin Johnson, okay? You're putting him on the same offense as Calvin Johnson, Golden Tate, two, two of the best hands in the NFL right there. And then a pretty good offensive line in front of A pretty good offensive line. You have that quarterback in Matthew Stafford. You have a dual running back threat in both Bush and Bell. I think the Lions want... Are are like dreaming right now of making that offense the same as the Saints did uh, when they won their Super Bowl a couple of years ago. They want that they want same the, kind. They want to be the greatest show on turf. Absolutely, they want that offense that's gonna blow. That's gonna score forty points and forty points most games to win games. And do, do I think that Lions defense is gonna be able to help them? get them to the Super Bowl? No. But look, if you look at that Saints team from a couple of years ago, they had a decent defense, but that offense, when you have Drew Brees and Marcus Colston and Lance Moore and pretty good offensive line in front of him too, so many offensive threats on that team. I think with the Lions, they want to do that same kind of thing. They have a scenario in mind where they want to build their team like the New Orleans Saints. They brought in Joe Lombardi from there um, as their new offensive coordinator. And I just think that they all have this fantasy in their mind that you have Matthew Stafford throwing a Calvin Johnson, Golden Tate, and Sammy Watkins. And you really just can't stop that offense, can you? No, not unless there's injuries. You can't stop it, no. No, not unless there are injuries. Or he's a bust. Mm-hmm. He could be a bust. I don't think he's going to be a bust, though. They're calling they're calling Sammy Watkins Larry Fitzgerald with speed. I th- can you imagine a faster Larry Fitzgerald on the same offense? No, I can't. But you can call him all the kind of names you want. We haven't seen him play in the NFL yet, and I'm not saying he's going to be bad. That's not what I'm saying at all. But I think it's just too much of a risk for a team that that doesn't need it. If they were worse, like if Calvin Johnson had just gotten hurt or they didn't pick up Golden Tate, do it. Okay, do it. 
Like, granted, I don't know if I'd still be on board, but I'd be more obliged to say, do it. But right now, I just don't think so. I, they need the picks. They need the players. They need bodies. They don't have a lot of bodies. Like, I, I don't, there's, like, no depth on that team. Every time I think about a position other than, like, running back and now defensive back, there's the depth lacks. They need to pick up bodies for depth. And they're good bodies with second-round picks and third-round picks. And you can't just give those up for a guy that's going to provide depth at one position. Yeah, but I, I have a scenario for you. Okay. A trade scenario for you. Okay. The Lions are at 10 right now. Mm-hmm. You have the Browns at 4. They're, 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 they, want a, they want a quarterback who I think might be able to fall to 10, uh, whether it's Bortles, Bridgewater, or Manziel. I have a feeling one of those three will fall to 10. I think they'd be willing to move back. What if you moved up to the number 4 slot in the draft? You gave up your 10th pick. A fourth-round pick this year. Remember, you have two fourth-round picks. A seventh-rounder. Yeah, three fourth-round picks. You two have three fourth-round picks. Two of them you can't me. trade. Yeah, two of them you can't trade. So you give up one of those fourth-round picks, the one you can trade. You trade your first, fourth, and seventh this year, and another third-rounder next year to move up to that sixth pick in the draft. Do you do you it? You the fourth pick in the draft? To the fourth pick in the draft, excuse me. It sounds enticing, and I would grant it. I, I like that just because you get to keep the second and third round picks, which I think in this draft are incredibly crucial. Mm-hmm. But at that same time, it, do you think he's going to fall to that? I don't think he's going to fall to that. You don't think he's going to fall to four? I. Yeah, you I, know what? I think he. I don't know. It's it's just one of those tricky things. Everybody mm-hmm. has him going everywhere. And he could fall past five, you know. But then at the same time, somebody could want to take Mike Evans over him. I don't know why, but they have like Mike Evans going like to the Bills. I don't think he's gonna. I don't think that's. I've seen that, and I'm like, no, I don't agree with that. It's we've been seeing all all these mock drafts have been pretty pretty darn consistent with the players in the top ten. And I just have a feeling that the draft isn't going to go like that. I think it's going to be a really fluky draft where like people that you thought and need a quarterback aren't going to take one and take some other guy instead. You know what I mean? Yeah. I think that's, like, I, I don't know. Like, the Vikings, they need a quarterback. I don't think they're going to take one. I don't yeah. think so either. And I, I don't, I can't see, I don't know. I just, I, it's going to be fluky. I, I want the draft to happen because I'm just so, but, like, and, like, Blake Bortles, they're saying he's going to go first round. Nobody knew who this guy was. Yeah. I didn't know who he was until they're like, hey, there's this Catherine Webb 2.0 from his quarterback at Central Florida. And, yeah, she's hot, and that's how I got to know about him. But I never saw him play until the bowl game. And you're gonna you're gonna take the first overall pick on a guy that nobody knew four months ago. Well, not now. Okay, time has flown. Let's go mm-hmm. six months ago. Yeah. yeah, but I don't know. This I'd is say a very deep quarterback draft. It is a very deep quarterback draft. But the trade up for Sammy Watkins just no. I'd say no. I even with that, like that deal seems more enticing, but people are going to want second round picks out of that, and I just can't see it. You have to remember, you can't trade future draft picks. You don't have to give up all of your picks from this year. If you want to give up, a, if you have to give up a second round pick from next year to move up to get Watkins, who knows? Maybe you'll be in that twenty to thirty range if you move up to get Watkins. You're giving up a less, a much less valuable pick there. Uh, twenty, maybe fifteen, twenty spots less than where you are. Right now. Well, probably not twenty spots because they're at the ten spot, but maybe a good ten or fifteen spots in that order. I think if you move up to get Sammy Watkins, you're a playoff team. You are a playoff team. It's kind of just like the Julio Jones thing. He immediately went to the playoffs, and I think the Lions, uh, barring injury, would go to the playoffs. I don't see why they wouldn't with that offense. Uh, but at that same time, I think they could just fizzle out in three years. Yeah, I. The, the, the way that I look at it, and it goes back to this Indomitian Sioux thing, 
maybe they know something that we don't. Maybe they know either they have Sue coming off the books, one of the highest paid rookies of all time. If not, I think he might actually be the highest paid rookie of all time. You have um, fairly possibly coming off the books as well. You have a lot of you have a good amount of money coming off the books next year. You're going to have a lot of money to spend in free agency. Maybe they know that they can build that depth next year, and they won't need those draft picks next year to build that depth. That is a good point. Mm-hmm. That's why I was saying in the last podcast they should draft Aaron Donald because I don't I don't want either the defensive backs back or not defensive backs defensive linemen. All right, so maybe rather than giving up that first pick and maybe rather than giving up that tenth pick, you trade in Dominican Sue along with a third round pick to get that fourth third or fourth round pick in the third or fourth pick in the draft, and then you take Watkins and then you still have that tenth pick and you take Donald. I think that's a dream scenario that's not going to happen because yeah. that just sounds way too good to be that true. That sounds like something the Vikings did last year and they had three first-round picks and everyone's yeah. like, what is going on? I, Didn't I, really help them out. but I think a real wild card in this draft will be the St. Louis Rams. They have both the second and 13th pick in the draft. Oh, yes. So I think there's somebody more than anybody who I'm circling as a possible trade uh, partner. They A lot of people are saying that they, they want that left tackle and Jake Matthews possibly. Jake Matthews is a name that I've seen falling in. At 13, they can still get... Taylor Lewan, you know, I think they're a real wild card in this draft where they wouldn't mind trading out of that two spot and getting a lot of value from that. And I don't think you're going to see much movement from the Lions anytime soon. I think this is going to be one of those things that goes down on draft day because any other team can move up right. If they really want Watkins this bad, any they know that any other team can move ahead of them if they trade up there and then they're screwed. So... I think it's a really, really, really interesting scenario. Watkins wants to come here, too. Oh, he definitely does. He's multiple Instagram photos of him in a Lions jersey. And uh-huh. Wearing 88, wearing 12. You know, he wants to come here, and I I would like him here. I just don't think it's a good football move. Because mm-hmm. I'm just one of those people, I'm not for the short-term gain, long-term pain. And I, that's exactly how this deal is going to happen. It's going to be... They're gonna get that, and everyone's gonna freak the heck out. Everyone's gonna be like, "Oh my god!" Like Lions fans, like when they got Reggie Bush, everyone yeah. just like wanted to scream and jump for joy, and everyone did. And then, yeah, they went seven and nine, and Reggie Bush had a lot to do with that, but his fumbling didn't help. Mm-hmm. Going off the t- topic here, if they got Sammy Watkins, I don't deny that they'd be in the playoffs, barring injury. But at that same time, I would say from three years from now, they'll be back in the top ten. I just because it's just not. I just don't. Granted, yes, you can. They can they're, they're drafting, if they do that, Calvin Johnson's replacement. Could they be thinking about that? Yeah, I think it's a proper thing to think about. But at the same time, I just don't see it. I just don't see it. I don't think it's the right move. I want defense. I just want all this defense because their defense is so bad so, in my mind. So then what's the right move at 10? Right move at 10? Either. Either. Two things. If Mike Evans is still there, you can take him. But I don't think that's ideal. I would take Aaron Donald. I would take Aaron Donald... Or if Anthony Barr is there, take him. Even though I'm not so keen on having another project first-round player, kind of like how Ziggy Ansah was. But they need somebody who can create pressure on the quarterback other than the guys that are already on this team because they don't have anyone. They don't have any new guys that can create pressure. uh, There's been talk about uh, Kyle Van Oy out of uh, BYU with a second-round pick, and I'm cool with that. I like that. Me too. At the same time, I would want to go defense first-round, wide receiver second-round because it's so deep. The guy that I'm circling for that second round pick, if we don't, assuming that we don't trade up for Sammy Watkins and we don't draft Mike Evans, Allen Robinson out of Penn State. 
he's a huge playmaker from uh, Penn State. I think he he's going to be one of those guys who gets drafted in the second round and makes a major impact on their team. I think if they don't trade up for Watkins, he'd actually be a really good fit in that number three wide receiver slot for the Lions. Um, that's an, that, that is a name to watch out for. I've seen a couple of other names thrown out there as well. I'm not real studious on all the wide receivers that are in the draft. No, some of them are are not great. Did you see the story about Calvin Benjamin? Oh, I did see that. Like that, you're, oh my gosh. Like you were going to go in the first or second round, and now you're not at all. Yep. Nobody wants that. Does he know how stupid he is? Oh, for, people who don't know, for people who don't know what we're talking about, a coach, an unnamed coach, went to go visit Calvin Benjamin. He's uh, out of Florida State. Projected to go in the first or second round. A uh, coach unnamed went to go visit him for a workout, and he blew him off, said, hey, man, I'm too tired. Yeah. I, here, here's what I don't understand about draft How prospects How stupid are sometimes. you? How stupid are you? If I'm a draft prospect, I'm on my perfect behavior from day one as soon as that college football season ends. You have to be, you have to be an angel to those scouts, you know? You don't want to be looked at as a guy. You there have got been guys who have fallen from the first round to going undrafted because of character issues, because of stupid decisions that they made in the offseason before the draft. I don't get why some of these draft prospects think that they can get away with blowing off a coach for a workout and not having that get out to other teams. He thinks he's hot stuff because he's in the national championship game. He's letting yeah. it go to his head. He shouldn't. He He's just stupid. I mean, he's got a great NFL body, 6'5", 240. Like, hey, that's that's great for a receiver, yeah. but he just fell out of the second round. Yeah, congratulations, Calvin Benjamin. You just screwed yourself. Yes. Yeah, that was... Royally. Uh-huh, royally. That royally! Was... <laughs> uh, some other minor news as we talk about wide receiver. Uh, Ryan Broyles is... Uh, has been cleared to work out with the team. Really? That, he has. That, um, of Who's course, that again? Ryan Broyles, the wide receiver out of Oklahoma. That was a joke. <laughs> oh, okay. <laughs> uh, he has had some ACL injuries in the past. Two some. ACL tears now. Three. Three, excuse me. It's getting hard to count now. And he's somebody who I, does, who I do think does have some potential on this team. People forget he's the all-time reception leader in NCAA history. You don't just do that and you're and not be a productive wide receiver. I think if his knees can stay healthy, I think he can be somebody who could play a viable role on this offense. No, I agree, and we saw it. Whenever he was healthy and got that like chance, he wasn't bad. He no. was a great compliment to have, but it's just unfortunate, you know, it's just unfortunate what happened to him. And it's unfortunate to the Lions cuz they picked a great guy, but at the same time like they knew what they were getting into and yeah, you know it. They didn't know, and that was one of those. That was one of those things where it was high risk, high reward. Yep. Huge high, huge risk, huge reward, and it hasn't really paid off for them yet. I think that's something that hopefully will. But that's another thing. They Lions haven't. The Lions really haven't done a good job with picking wide receivers later in the draft. No, they have not. And I don't think there's going to be a name on that board at ten where they can go and select somebody to fill in that number three role. I think Evans is going to be gone, and I think Watkins is going to be gone. I think if they wait, I disagree with you. I don't think that this draft is going to be crazy. I think you could see a little bit of chalk here where you see Watkins going at five, where a lot of people are predicting him to go to the Raiders. 
uh, as the nu- new number one for Matt Schaub. And then I think you could see Mike Evans going to seven to Tampa Bay now that they lost Mike Williams. I don't think that either of those guys will be there at 10. So if I had to have a preference of what they did at 10, I would go with Anthony Barr, the outside linebacker from UCLA. But I don't think that's going to be a diff- I don't think that pick is going to be a difference maker to get them to. I don't think that's going to win them more ball games. I think it. I think it strengthens the pass rush. I don't think it wins them more ball games. He is a project, as you mentioned, converted running back. Anso was a project as well that did work out. Anso was a project that worked out because he was just a freak. He was a freak, and Barr is a freak too. He is a freak. Twenty-two sacks last two seasons. You don't just do that from you don't. I mean, a converted running back who goes to linebacker just doesn't go and do that, you know? True. So I think he could be – I think he, he does have the potential to be the Lions pick at 10. That'll be something that's pretty interesting. And one other thing I wanted to bring up, I love – as I mentioned, I'm a mock draft junkie. Uh, Todd McJay has the Lions drafting safety. Ha-ha, Clinton Dix out of Alabama at ha! number 10. Ha-ha! Ha-ha! One of my favorite names in the draft, but not somebody who I think – is a real need for the Lions right now. They just signed Glover Quinn and James Hegdebo. I can't pull up the article on HaHa Clinton Dix because I'm not an ESPN insider. Uh, I'm not in that VIP club, so I can't read about Clinton Dix. Yeah, how unfortunate is that? Yeah, it is. But you have a Hegdebo and Quinn at safety. I don't really know why you would go after Clinton Dix. It, it would have been something that I maybe would have been okay with before the Hegdebo signing, but now... I don't see it anymore. No, I don't see it either. I, I think it would just let him go. Mm-hmm. He's a great talent, and people can be like, oh, you missed on him. But it's like we had people that we thought were good and could get through it. So I'm not ashamed of not picking him. Yeah. We don't need him. I think if the I think the main thing that the Lions need to do in this draft is in the first two, one of, use one of their first two picks on an outside linebacker. Somebody who can start over Ashley Palmer at strong side linebacker. That's what I'm saying. That's what I'm saying. Mm-hmm. He Ashley Palmer is a great special teams, and he's a great backup, but he's not the starter that you need. Yeah, he's a, he's a depth guy. Yeah. He's not a starter. He's a great depth guy. He's a good mm-hmm. guy to have on your team. He's just not the kind of guy you want starting your games. Exactly. So hopefully the Lions do. I'm with you on that, that they do draft an outside linebacker early in this draft, because I think that is one of their biggest needs on this team now. Um, Cornerback, maybe. No. Maybe. No. I I don't see it happening. So I think they're pretty much telling everybody what they're doing. It's either going to be wide receiver, it's going to be some pass rushing defensive guy. Mm -hmm. I don't know. I think. A lot of it for me is too good to be true because I have these dreams of an offense with I, – I, I just picture the greatest show on turf when I think Watkins, Calvin, Tate, Stafford, Bush, Bell, Pettigrew, pretty good No, take him line. out of that conversation. He's awesome. Right. Get him out of here. Okay. We're getting too far into something. <laughs> yeah. No, that's another yep. day. All right. We need to talk about Pettigrew. Ugh. Well, that's just gonna wrap. That's just gonna uh, just about wrap it up for our show today. Just some other tiny mine, minor uh, news and notes. It has the Lions' preseason schedule um, has come out, and they're going to be opening the preseason against the Buffalo Bills. And along with that, the Buffalo Bills leaked that they are going to be playing the Lions on. Th- it looks as if they're going to be playing the Lions on Thanksgiving this year. That's weird. I saw that and thought that was weird. I, I thought so too. I don't know why they came out with that. Like. Before the NFL released their schedule, well, no, not ju- not the whole that they released it. Just the fact that they're playing them on Thanksgiving. Don't we normally play NFC North or 
some big premier team like the Colts or the mm-hmm. Falcons or the, the Patriots. Patriots. Yeah. yeah, like it's either a really good playoff contender or somebody from the NFC North. I don't know what why the Bills. I was I was pretty surprised with that as well. Maybe now that we're actually having maybe now that we're actually having some success on Thanksgiving, we actually won a Thanksgiving game. They see us as the premier team. Premier team. I don't know if a 7 and 9 team can really be viewed at viewed in that light. But they're marketable. That's the they are thing. marketable, and I don't really mind playing Buffalo on Thanksgiving because I'd rather not get the snot beaten out of us on Turkey Day. It's got to so. be the whole Jim Schwartz thing, mm-hmm. bringing the old coach back. That's got to be part of it. Uh, I, I think it is part of it. It's part of that storyline in there. So uh, I'm looking forward to Turkey Day. Always one of my favorite holidays of the year, and luckily we get to play the Buffalo Bills. Oh, so yeah. that's gonna just about do it for our show today. Once again, I'm Michael Heiger, your host, along with Louis Bellotta, my co-host. Thank you guys again for listening to the Lions Den here on Impact Sports. We will be back next week to talk some more Lions football. Have a great weekend, everybody. Woo!